Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Dental Law Radio. Dental Law Radio is brought to you by Oberman Law Firm, a leading dental-centric law firm serving dental clients on a local, regional, and national basis. Now, here's your host, Stuart Oberman. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today's topic, employer violations. One of the biggest areas that we see problems with in our dental practices day in and day out is employer violations. And what's happening is employees are getting smart. Uh, With the advent of the internet, they are well aware of compliance issues. What our dental practice owners are and are not allowed to do. And where are the pitfalls? And what's happening is this is evolving so quickly that I just want to run through some basic, basic things that from an employment employment law standpoint, where do our owners need to be as far as common problems? So one of the most obvious things that we're seeing is that potential Employment candidates are now recording conversations during interviews. So what's happening is, is that you have to be very, very, very careful and trained as to the questions you are asking people you are now hiring. I don't care whether it is a hygienist, your front desk, your office manager, your chief operating officer, your technology person, it it doesn't matter. So when you interview potential candidates, you have to have a list of questions that you know are in compliance with state and federal law, specifically with federal law. You all should, should be prepared that you have to have a list of questions that you cannot ask and you cannot go down. So an issue comes up, well, what happens if a candidate opens that door? I always say that if you have to ask whether or not it is correct or not, or I should ask that question or not, it probably is not a question you want to answer. Because there's nothing worse than having a candidate come back to you and say, well, you know, I didn't get the job. I, I certainly appreciate your time, but you know, the questions that you're asking me are now in violation of state and federal law. And I think you should be reported. How are you going to respond to that? Also, this is sort of jumping off topic, but what you have to be careful of is that employees, existing employees, are now recording your conversations one-on-one, whether it's in staff meetings, whether it's in huddles, whether it is in Um, disciplinary matters, you have to be very, very careful what you say, how you say it, and who is witnessing what you are saying. I should, I would stress that I would always have a particular person in there with you, whether it be your office manager or consultant, whoever you choose to be in the interview with you. And I would be very careful who you're training to do your interviews. So one thing that we were seeing a little bit of scrutiny of also, uh, we got a little bit of guidance from the National Labor Relations Board, is that not allowing employees to discuss their 
pay with coworkers. This is a hot topic because everyone wants to know what everyone else is paid. If you are a, you know, obviously if you are a small company and you're overpaying one employee and underpaying another, and all of a sudden employees find out what their pay structure is, that becomes sort of a mutiny, if you will. And then the worst part is, is that if you are knowingly have something in writing regarding this particular matter. So there is ways to curtail certain conduct, certain speech, if you will. But if you have a blanket policy in your employee manual that says you are prohibited from discussing pay with your fellow employees, and if you do, you're going to be fired, I would urge you to have your counsel take a look at that because that may be in violation of state and federal law and may be outside the guidance of the National Labor Relations Board. So you have to be very, very careful. So on a side note, again, we're going to go off topic for a second. One of our, one of our clients uh, owned a couple of dental practices, actually owns a couple of dental practices, and they purchased a system of employee manuals that are about five volumes. Well, after I picked myself off the floor when I heard that, there is no way in the world that a dental practice or multiple dental practices are going to in any way comply with five volumes of internal regulations. I will tell you this. If you have that many employee manuals, I would shred every manual and I would get something smaller, condensed, that is thorough because if you got that kind of manual, that kind of broad compliance that you are complying with, uh, I think you're. I think you're asking yourself for for trouble. Another area is failing to pay overtime. Big big issues are coming out now. Fair Labor Standards Act. Uh, the um, uh, federal government is part of labor is issuing guidance on this and has has done so in January. There's a big push now to scrutinize employee versus contractor. This is going back to the IRS rules. I think from you know 19, uh, 1987, I believe where they sent out 20 guidelines, time, place, and matter. So you got to take a look at what's going on. Uh, also, you've got to take a look at whether or not you are still conducting working interviews, which are an absolute no-no. Uh, if you have an employee that is, or a candidate that is actually working through a working interview and they're injured, or you do not renew their contract, if you will, after a couple of days or a couple of weeks or a couple of months of working, you probably have some Department of Labor issues where they're going to be eligible for unemployment. So you got to really take a look at that. Again, you got to take a look at your independent contractor. You got to look how you're how you're paying your associates. How are you paying your hygienists? Are they 1099s, W2s? I think most of the CPAs are going to say are on the side of caution, put them under a W2. If they are under a 1099, I would urge you to pay their entity and not them directly. We've had auditors that have basically said to us in, in, in audits that if we were paying an entity an entity and not an individual on a 1099, we wouldn't be sitting here. One thing under this world of, of social media, if you will, is that disciplining an employee for complaining about their work on social media. Can you curtail that speech? Yes. Is it a tricky path? Yes. Are you allowed to have regulations? Yes. But it is a very, very fine line as to what social media conduct 
you can curtail. First and foremost, every employee that you have, I don't care how long they've been there, who they are, they need a non-disclosure agreement. Because what happens is, is that on the social media part, when you got an employee who leaves or is fired or is discharged, they're going straight on social media. They're going to talk about what you do, how you do it, all the good, the bad, and the ugly in the practice. And there's not a thing you can do about it, potentially, if you don't have a non-disclosure agreement. So there's three things you really need. Social media policy, cell phone policy, and internet policy. So you can curtail certain conduct. You can curtail certain speech if it is detrimental to the practice. Again, you got to be very, very careful what that compliance looks like. And in, in today's world, you have to have a policy and in, in, in procedures for anti-discrimination and anti-hostile working environment. That's got to be in writing. There has to be outlines as to how that takes place, what the procedures are if it's violated, whether it is a probationary matter, whether it is a regulatory matter, whether it is a immediate termination. So you've got to look at all those things as far as a hostile work environment, and that's a moving target. So I would urge you to take a look at your employee manuals, and that has to be in there. So let me tell you one other thing that that I think that is becoming critical in today's cell phone texting world. So most employees at some point in their employment career will be texting you as a practice owner or supervisor whoever may be listening to the podcast, something about the work, the workplace, what they're doing, what other people are doing, and you're going to have some confidential information on your employee's cell phone and text messages about your practice. So my question to you is what happens if that employee is fired or leaves? Where is is that information going to go if you are an employee and it's on your cell phone? What happens if that employee is fired and all of a sudden you've got discussions on that particular employee's cell phone regarding workers, pay, compliance issues? That's going public. So how do you prevent that? Again, non-disclosure agreements, Also, one recommendation would be to have a cell phone information destruction policy that if that employee leaves, you, in writing from the employee, certify that they will destroy your information on their cell phone. So there's a push right now in in technology and employment issues that an employer mandates an app that they create is installed on an employee's cell phone. And when that employee is discharged, fired, quits, resigns, whatever it is, that that program will destroy all the information regarding your practice on that employee's cell phone. I'm going to tell you from a practical standpoint, if I'm an employee, there's no way you're putting an app on my cell phone. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So there needs to be some policy procedure in place that will certify the destruction, specifically with a non-disclosure agreement. Things are shifted by accident to third parties. 
that are potentially detrimental to your practice. So those couple of things are a, a very, very brief overview to a very complex issue regarding employment law. But I think if you could take these six or seven things, apply them, take a look at what your policies are, take a look at what your internal operations are, take a look at what you have employee manual-wise. Do you have the non-disclosures? Do you have the cell phone, social media, internet policies? Do you have the employee cell phone destruction data information? How do you have that? Do you have a policy and procedures in place that your employees have to return to you within 48 hours of their termination, quit, resignation, everything that they have that belongs to you? Because I will tell you, if it gets in the wrong hands, there's a lot of lot of governmental regulations that come into play here, and there's a lot of potential exposure. Again, hot topics, where are we at on employer issues, employee, all this has really come, come about in the last year or two uh, as technology is becoming more and more uh, used in, a, in the dental field, as employees are becoming more and more technology savvy, if you will. They understand what's going on. So our doctors have got to understand what's going on now to be one step ahead of that. So again, simple steps, simple things. Take a look at it. Take a look where you're at, policies and procedures. Take a look at where you need to go, implement it. Talk to your counsel. If you haven't talked to your counsel or advisors about this, I would strongly recommend that you do ASAP because what happens is if you delay, time goes on and things never get better as time goes on. So hopefully this has helped and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in our next podcast. Have a great day.